And joining us on the line right now um, is Kathy Cavill, author and uh, and uh, herbalist. Yeah. So I feel like we should repeatedly tell people who have just tuned in and may be surprised that they are now listening to uh, the Garden Forum, and this is a gardening show, at a brand-new time. And I think maybe during the show we're just going to keep reminding everybody what the heck is going on. Right. Uh, my and voice is probably familiar, but not, not in the evening. I know. Although we had a good number of phone calls uh, last month in the, fir- the very first time that, that we did this, this 6 o'clock in the evening thing. So that's yeah. People did find me. Yeah, and hopefully they'll find you again tonight, and and we'll have a call for you uh, or a question, a question, a comment, or uh, or an answer. <laughs> and the way you do that is to call five three zero two six five nine five five five. That's five three zero two six five nine five five five. And Kathy, what's on what's on your official garden forum docket tonight? Oh, I have to talk about the holidays. <laughs> All and right. I need to talk about them because this holiday that it, maybe we could look at the solstice or maybe it's Hanukkah or maybe it's Christmas or whatever holiday you're celebrating, they all have a central theme that is related to um, the sun and the moon and the weather and what's happening and that it's winter. And so uh, I want to take that central theme and talk about some of the plant aspects because these holidays really began as holidays that celebrated what was going on in the garden and on the farm. Important to everyone then and important to an awful lot of us now if you don't have a garden or you don't have a farm that is where your food is coming from so there's a lot of appreciation of that in nevada county where we are coming from so we definitely will talk about that and i think we're going to veer off a little bit into some suggestions about uh, medicinal herbs for this time of year and uh, who knows it depends on what calls come in and what people want to talk about as well but before we get into that i i just want to say an appreciation to steve because he has just retired and uh, don't tell anybody, but he's still on my show, so he's still my engineer, and I uh, really appreciate that. And we had quite the, quite the hoopla party for, for Steve. Just um, sitting there, I was listening to all of the things that Steve's done for KVMR and realized I only knew maybe half of them, so that was I just wanted to thank Steve and also thank him for continuing to engineer this show. I can't do it without him. Uh, it's just really um, a lot going on, especially when people start calling in. And I know a lot of people say that they multitask, but psychologists tell us our brains don't actually do that. We just flip. And so some people are fast flippers back and forth. But uh, if you're aging and, and you start saying, I can't multitask as well as I used to, it's probably that you just can't flip as fast as you used to. 
And uh, it's actually a very taxing thing on the brain to do that. Anyway, I've never been good at it, so I'm glad to have Steve by my side here and able to uh, take your calls and, and sort out what's going on with that. And we have, and we've got a little traffic update for you as well. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I just want to remind folks that you can make, you can call in, um, and uh, we can put you on the air if you've got a question about anything that Kathy's already said, because I was on the phone um, during it, so I'm not quite sure what you, what you, what you mentioned so far. But uh, anyway, the number to call is yeah. The number to call is five three zero two six five nine five five five. Um, now, what, as Ubinet says, uh, that they have a car versus a power pole on Rough and Ready Highway with units at the scene, lines are down. And uh, that's what another caller told us as well and said they're talking about uh, a pretty, um, it could be closed to traffic for um, a good while um, because I believe they said that at least one uh, utility pole was across the street. Um, and Rough and Ready Highway, according to UBNet, will be closed to traffic on the 12,000 block until PG&E and AT&T respond. We're told this is at Rough and Ready Highway and uh, West Road or thereabouts. So that's the situation on that. And if we get any further updates, we'll let you know. Yeah, good to know. A lot of people are on the road right now coming back from work, et cetera. So... Thanks for that. So, Steve? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> what, I, what I was telling people was uh, about your w- wonderful retirement party that you didn't hear me say, and I was just telling them how wonderful you are, so you missed all of that. Aww. Well, Aww. <laughs> well you said nice, uh, nice things about me with that. Well, uh, yeah. Interesting, but nice things. <laughs> but you certainly showed uh, uh, how quickly you can uh, can go through uh, um, hand gestures. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I w- yes, it was a um, a pantomime of Steve. Yeah. That Ka- Kathy was imitating Steve. me in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Well, people were laughing. (laughs) So, um, anyway, I was just saying that I really appreciate you actually still being on the air, even though now you've retired, and uh, helping me out because I can't do it by myself. Yeah, not a problem. Good to get into it here. Uh, The whole thing about... uh, these celebrations that we have this time of year in winter have to do a lot with the human psyche. So if we look back, yes, a lot of them are pre-Christian. They're ancient. They're probably pre-history before people were even writing things down because some of the earliest uh, pictorial writings that we have are talking about uh, people celebrating the season. And it's the fact that the garden is so important to everybody's lives. These plants, of course, we can't live without them. They provide, of course, food and shelter and uh, everything practically in our lives. So when people were living very close to nature, of course, this became so important for them to celebrate uh, and really recognize what was happening garden-wise according to um, 
what now with the winter where the cold and the plants are dying. And this became very symbolic to people. I mean, ages and ages ago. So your ancestors, wherever they came from in the world, were participating in uh, what I'm saying is a celebration or appreciation of winter. But this is the dark side. So the dark side now is that dark side of the psyche and all of this mythology that um, is very incredible stories around the world and the traditions that we have with our different holidays they really go back to the human psyche. And I wanted to give you a few examples. So the holly and the ivy, that's a very, very popular Christmas song. And um, I was going to get Steve to hum a few bars, but I know he won't want to do that. So we'll have to pass on that. But there's many versions of it. It's very old. Not sure exactly how old the first origins are. But the holly and the ivy represent the the prickly outgoing nature, the um, more forward, um, summerish type of person, and then the ivy represents the reclining, wrapping around, needing support, not quite sure where you're going to go next, but still going to be green. And so the holly and the ivy actually in that song have an opposition. And what that opposition is, is the two parts of a person's psyche about being outgoing and also going inward. And then the thing is who should reign. Usually what happens is that eventually through these seasonal traditions there becomes a balance of that. But, um, you know, in the Holly and the Ivy song, actually, the the Holly does become the Holly King. And then um, people will decorate the house with Holly, and they say, don't put Ivy up for decoration. Not in the winter. You can do that in the summer, because the idea is to try to bring more sunlight and more fuerte and, you know, strongness into um, the cold dark winter days by celebrating the one plant. So it's kind of a yin-yang type of thing, going back and forth between uh, the winter and the summer seasons. So it's pretty fascinating to start looking into uh, different, you know, different holiday traditions that we still have and the fact that many of them still survive. So the Christmas tree, uh, bringing a tree in, probably, uh, I know that there's been uh, a lot of discussion about it not being Christian and not having trees uh, in, in some households because of that. However, it's Martin Luther, so uh, Martin Luther can't get more Christian than that, uh, who probably is the first person that actually started the Christmas tree. The trees were coming in before that, mostly as a Yule log, and the Yule log would be decorated um, because it didn't have any leaves on it. It would be then decorated with holly and with different types of uh, colorful berries and whatever could be found out in the winter uh, environment, and then it was burned, and the burning part was symbolic, again, having to do with the sun and the heat and the warmth and bringing goodness back into the home. But it wasn't actually decorated as a tree. So um, sometimes small trees came in, but uh, Martin Luther 
is the first recorded one that we have who uh, put apples on the tree. And the apples represented Adam and Eve. But the curious thing is that apples had been put on trees outside before that for quite a long time because apples also represent the, um, they're, they're, um, in a way, the tree of life. Not to say there's a lot of arguments about that, so I'm not going to try to identify which tree. It's probably many trees because many cultures have that would represent the tree of life. Uh, but the apple is content. Uh, it's looked at as a uh, a symbol of help, and we now know that eating an apple a day is a real true story. That it is really good for your health. And it's also looked symbolically as a symbol of the seasons always turning. So if you take the apple and you cut it in half just the right way, you will see a five-pointed star in there. And that five-pointed star has always represented movement as the star begins to spin from one point to the other. And so people would actually do that for Christmas and look at the fact that life and light are going to come back. Now, these days, we, um, a lot of us, I mean, I have experienced uh, some depression when it starts getting really dark. And uh, I did get one of those lights, which, by the way, are incredible, um, that are <clears throat> something that, well, um, just you know, light up your whole room into um, sunlight. So they're a, a natural light. Um, I got one that's shaped like a moon, which is, oh, so cool. But enough of that. Anyway, so this idea that, uh, that darkness uh, can bring depression is actually something very physical that we experience. And there were lots of different ways to... I'd like a reminder that uh, light will come back. We'll have long days again. This is a good time for us to look within, to think about things, and uh, hopefully go to our higher self and become a better person. And then hopefully be a better person for our family and our community. So every winter offers this opportunity for a lot of deep reflection. We're talking about days before really psychologists were around. So people resorted to giving each other plants. Very, very old habit. Language of flowers got very cute during the Victorian era. But before that, they were still used with different messages to um, to help somebody through grief or tiredness or, uh, you know, whatever the situation had to be when they weren't feeling the best, they would bring something into the house. And an all-purpose one this time of year was considered pine. Now, I'm an aromatherapist, so I do know that the scent of pine, and we're going right back to that Christmas tree, that the scent of pine is something that makes you feel better, emotionally, and it specifically has um, a, maybe an effect on the mind that would help you engage with other people and become more social. So it seems to be the perfect thing, the perfect scent to have in your room. I'm not fond of it coming out of a little spray can, though, really. We live in the woods here in Nevada County, and there's so much natural scent, so go out and get some. 
and Steve. Yes. Well, I just wanted I just wanted to encourage folks to uh, give us a call if they've got a question about time, for instance. Um, and 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 there's a call, so we're just going to go directly to them and just see what what what's up. Hi, you are live on KVMR uh, and Garden Forum, and you're hi. on the air. Oh, hi. Um, sorry to interrupt, but I was wondering what what kind of light is that she was talking about? Are those called odd lights? Oh, I'm here. Oh, hi. Yes, that's one of them. Hi. <laughs> there. Yes, there's several different kinds that you can buy. They're all advertised as uh, natural light. That's what you and, would Google? I mean, what would you Google yeah. to find it? I, I would Google. What I Googled was, um, uh, that's exactly what I Googled, is a um, uh, natural light lamp. Huh, and it's a lamp. It's, you said you got a moon one, so it must hang? The one that I have just sits on my desk, and when I turn it on, it looks like a moon. And it's brighter than a normal light, huh? It's more like the sun? It, it has, um, it's not so much that it's brighter, but it has a full spectrum. The other th you could also Google full spectrum lamp. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Great. Thank Got it? you. All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Thanks, Kathy. And thanks for the call. You're welcome. Bye. Bye-bye. And you can uh, join us as well. Uh, she was uh, just our very first caller of the night, uh, and uh, or at least to talk about uh, about a garden forum thing. But uh, um, we w would love to invite you to become uh, to step up, maybe make a. Maybe uh, add to what uh, Kathy has already told us, or, or maybe ask a question about it, like we just got. <laughs> I would be very interested in knowing um, traditions from various cultures and families that you have uh, that, that involve plants, because that's what the show's all about. But how are plants in incorporated into your family traditions? And you could give us a call and let us know that. And, fascinating to uh, find that information. And that number to call again, 530-265-9555. That's 530-265-9555. Now, this, um, this depression that happens to some people, actually quite a lot of people, when the days get darker and we're just not out in the sun as much. Um, it's cold out there, so we all tend to be in, indoors even when there are nice sunny days. So uh, one solution is to get yourself outdoors. That's a really good thing to do. But um, besides bringing natural light into your house, uh, another healing method would be to take herbs. So the first one that I wanted to mention is St. John's Wort. It's become pretty popular for helping depression, but it's especially good for seasonal depression, which is the more official name of what this is called. And then the St. John's Wort can be taken in any form. Um, I prefer that it's processed fresh, which means usually you would be taking a tincture. And... Uh, 
the, it has a, an old history of being used, especially around this time of year, uh, because it's harvested exactly the opposite time of the year. St. John's Day is the 24th of June, and um, there's a lot of symbolic correspondence between this plant and uh, what we now call Christmas, uh, which is both, both of those days are really extensions of celebrating the solstice, which was celebrated over several days. And you can also go to aromatherapy. I mentioned the scent of pine. You don't need to bring a whole tree into your house. Uh, you don't even need to decorate anything. But uh, branches or just needles, anything that smells like the forest outdoors will really help. There's also... Uh, just forest walking, and this is something that's become really popular around the world. It became, it started in Japan. Actually, it was named in Japan. I think a lot of us have been forest walking for a long time, and that uh, is this being able to smell this incredible scent of the woods, including the the wet earth, is part of the whole thing. That these activate our mind in a certain way to make us feel good. So the thing to do is to just, no matter how cold it is, just bundle up and get yourself out there and just walk through the forest. It's better if you can do it and relax. So it's, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work to do on property. But uh, if you could just take some time to breathe and relax and walk instead of being chopping wood or whatever you need to do for just a little bit every day, uh, that exposure to being outside and all of those scents really are incredible. And the ozone uh, that is... Um, not the ozone, excuse me, but the um, the air quality that's created by the trees is um, is special for for helping. It's not just um, the scent that we smell. So there's a really amazing combination. Uh, I can't say enough about it. I love herbal remedies that really think beyond the box. So we can take tablets of this or that, but to be able to just go out and experience the plan and have them help heal us is a really great way to be able to function. Okay, so seasonal depression, let's add a few more things to that. Kits that you could use would be to smell essential oils. And I think um, that... Some of the best ones, according to actual research, would be ones you probably know already. Um, lavender is one of them. And uh, bergamot, which is the scent that goes into uh, Earl Grey tea but can also be purchased as an oil. And you don't really need to apply them. It's only the smelling that I'm talking about right now that will actually help your mind. So the St. John's wort that I mentioned before will increase the uptake of serotonin. So it works very much like a, a mal inhibitor antidepressant. And then these essential oils, what they will do is they change the way that um, some chemical differences in your brain, but they also change the way that your nervous system is synapses work and they can be used repeatedly throughout the day you can get a diffuser if you want to as well that would be one way to use them and kathy we have a caller 
Okay. Hi, you're live on KVMR. Hi. Yeah, this is uh, Terry up in Pike. And, you Hi, know, Terry. Kathy's talking about going out and getting outside during the short days. And a really fun exercise is to go out and look for mushrooms. And this year has been a fantastic year. The, the, the mushrooms are just all, they're everywhere. And so it's a fun activity. It's almost like an, an adult Easter egg hunt. And um, <laughs> get, a, get a book, learn, don't pick if you don't know what they are. And just to be out there and identify is, is fun. You don't have to eat them um, unless you're absolutely sure. There's lots of edibles out there. But uh, it's, it's just a fun activity to get out during the short days of the year. And this year has been a great year because we've had this succession of these storms that have been relatively warm and small amounts of rain, but just enough to get the myceliums really growing in the soil. So it's just a fun activity. And uh, if anybody's interested in that, they should sort of take that up if they want to get outside and get outside and get a little exercise and just walk around the forest. That's a great idea. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call. Okay. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. And uh, yeah, take that warning to heart, though. Don't don't even um, take a bite of anything that you're not positively sure what it is. That would go for, uh, of course, herbs as well. But, um, you know, one thing that I've noticed, if you go out and you try on your own to ID mushrooms, then when you do take a walk with somebody who knows what they're doing, it's so much easier. You, you already are a little bit familiar with this or that mushroom, and you've explored them, and you've picked some, and you've looked at the underside of them and the gills, or if they don't have gills, and then... Um, it it's a kind of shortens your learning curve when you actually go out. And my friend Christopher Hobbs, the herbalist, uh, has written an incredible book that came out last year on medicinal mushrooms. So it would be the medicinal effects that you can use and how how you can use mushrooms for um, healing. So it's Christopher Hobbs, and I don't remember the exact name of his book, but. Um, H-O-B-B-S. Look that up with mushrooms. It's got mushrooms in the title. Somebody else will probably will either look that up for us or might even already know <laughs> it. Sure. And we have a caller here right now. Hi, you are live on KVMR. Hi, I had uh, a couple questions. Uh, first one was, uh, Holly, is that mistletoe? And then the second question was, Herba Santa. Is that actually good for the lungs? And make sure you turn down your radio. Okay. Well, and you could actually just take it, take the answer off the air because we're getting a lot of static. Oh, I just shut off the radio. <laughs> That's what it was. I had my radio on. <laughs> um, it's, mistletoe is another fascinating plant, totally different plant. Uh, the holly is a bush that is uh, indeed very prickly, and the mistletoe is something that mostly grows on oak trees in California. It yeah, grows live on oak. apples. It, it, yeah, well, black oak, too. I have, um, actually, most of the mistletoe I have is on black oak here. Um, and it's, 
it has, of course, a lot of uh, symbolism that goes back to the Druids. And then for your second question, on Yerba Santa, it is indeed good for the lungs. And uh, all you really need to do is make a tea out of it. It's not, maybe not the most tasty tea in the world, but it, it's excellent. And in the summer, you can take the leaves and you can just roll them up and you put it in like a straw in your mouth and then you just inhale and that yerba santa will fill your lungs with this cool uh, yerba santa air and it's uh, something that can help relieve sinuses just by inhaling through that straw. Okay, because I have emphysema and I was trying to find uh, something that was natural for emphysema. Yeah, that you. probably you probably will need more than just your Basanta, but that's your starter kit. Yeah, thank you very much for the information. Sure. I just wasn't sure about the uh, the holly if that was in the family of mistletoe. Okay. thank you very much. Okay, and thanks very much for your call. Just past six thirty. Just past six thirty here in the evening, so we're about halfway through today's uh, edition of. Uh, Garden Forum, but uh, Kathy, I, I, we've got. Uh, um, we, we just want to also encourage folks out there that maybe you've got maybe you've got an idea that uh, you'd like to let people know that something that's worked for you in your garden, um, um, or in the winter kind of thing. So, which is sort of what we're 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 concentrating on here tonight. But uh, uh, give us a call, and uh, and we will put you on the air five three zero. Two six five nine five five five. This is listener participation at its best. And can you do that disclaimer? Oh, and that is that the views and opinions expressed are those of the speaker and not necessarily those of KVMR staff, its staff, management, um, board, or contributors. Mm-hmm. So. Um, advice as far as healing advice, keep that in mind. Yeah. And, yeah. But we'll, we'll keep disclaiming if we need to throughout the show. Okay, so then I was uh, finishing up talking about what to do about seasonal depression or disorders and... Um, I had mentioned uh, walking in the woods. We got a suggestion. Great idea. Pick mushrooms while you're out there doing that or, and ID them. And then also you could take St. John's wort. There are other plants, though, that work very good as antidepressants. I just have found that one is a particularly good one for, for this type of thing. And um, But you can investigate albizia and things like that. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of things that are available in the stores. And then also to smell something that, like lavender. Lavender is really simple. Uh, so many people around here grow lavender. You can just dry the flowers and then you can keep them through the winter and you can put them in some kind of soft bag where you could just squish them. Uh, it's a good thing also to help with sleep if, uh, if you're having trouble sleeping. This is really the time of sleep, so take advantage of that. But 
if you have trouble sleeping, it's hard to get up and actually drink tea and then fall back to sleep. So what you could do is you could just have your lavender squishy uh, little, it could be a very pretty pillow if you want, or just something in a muslin bag. Uh, and then you just take that and actually squish it a few times and smell it at night. Sometimes I find myself just putting it over my face when I'm traveling and staying in hotel rooms. But the lavender will also work on the brain. The way that aromas work on the brain is very, very fascinating. When I started working with aromatherapy, there was not much known about it. It was considered a little fringe, but now the science is backing it so strongly, and they're actually finding not only that it does work, but they're showing how it works on the brain. So, um, you know, stay tuned, and I'll keep mentioning things like that as more of it comes out. Uh, And I just, um, I do a newsletter, the American Herb Association, and this would be a good opportunity to say if anybody's interested in getting the newsletter or finding more about what my spring classes will be, you can go to ahaherb.com, A-H-A-H-E-R-B, and um, .com, and Aha Herb will fill you in with all sorts of things like that. Um, but the last newsletter that I did was indeed on aromatherapy. So there was a lot in there about emotional healing. Um, I don't have time to do the whole newsletter. That's why I suggest you might want to get it yourself. But I do want to mention one thing, um, which is being able to sniff away brain fog. So uh, there was a, a rather significant study done on memory and aging and how the sense of smell deteriorates uh, slowly over the years. Maybe deteriorate is not the word I wanted to use, but it's, got, it's out there now. Um, but that um, how Parkinson's and uh, Lewy body diseases and COVID, and there's so many different things that actually reduce our sense of smell, uh, and how in turn that seems like it may be uh, possibly promoting a, a, some loss of memory eventually. Uh, the way to counter that is a pretty easy, sweet way to just use aromatherapy. And um, they specifically, uh, in this study, they saw a 226%, okay, I'm going to repeat that, 226% improvement in older adults, they have a specific way to help memory, no matter what causes it, and that's to do this evening ritual, which is to smell four different kinds of scent. And you could smell, these could be essential oils that are in a little vial. Um, They could be just a handful of plants out of your garden. It doesn't really matter. In some cases, they could just be uh, an orange would work because one of these categories you'll see is fruity. So the four categories are resin, flower, fruit, and um, herbal aromatic. And so those four categories are different, different things that you would smell, four different things. And again, they're resin. So that would be, uh, hey, Christmas is coming up. Let's say 
frankincense and myrrh would be an example. Flowery would be, of course, roses would be a good example. Fruity, there's that orange. And then aromatic would be, uh, herbal aromatic would be something like uh, lavender. So um, you could make combinations or, or just keep it simple. But the process is to smell uh, each of these individually every evening a few times, just once a day is that all they did. And they found that um, the gray matter actually in the brain, the thickness of the brain um, seems to improve. And they had to do scans to find that out, but it was significant enough to show up in the scan. And um, that the hippocampus, if you're familiar with the brain, that's a part of it, and thalamus. So um, these, both both of those um, increased in their ability and actually their size. So uh, something to think about and uh, just, okay, again, smell four different things in these four different categories. And this is something if you know somebody who's beginning to or maybe they have serious memory problems, this is a fun thing to do. The one thing you want to remember is that whatever they're smelling, they need to like or they're not going to do it. So might as well make this a very pleasant experience. But this, uh, the reason this is a very significant study is that it's one of the first ones to show how strongly the brain can be changed just through the sense of smell. And uh, very, so that's very exciting. Um, a lot of people have run out and got diffusers just hearing about this study. But again, you don't need to. Use a diffuser, which is something that will pump a constant scent into the air. Uh, you, can, you can smell them anyway. The technique that I said about squishing the lavender bag, that's great because uh, then you get one of these scents right there. In fact, you could put these four in different bags and um, just do quick squishes. That would be really good for, um, again, for friends or family that you you know that need um, some kind of a little little push to help with them. So it's nothing that's going to cure any of the disorders that I mentioned before, but it's definitely going to uh, point the brain in the right direction, which is maybe one of the most important things. And there are also... Also, herbs that will help the brain, ginseng is renowned for that. Siberian ginseng, which is uh, loosely a relative of it, is less expensive and also has many of the same attributes. Ashwagandha, which is an herb from um, Ayurvedic medicine. Uh, Brahmi, another Ayurvedic herb. And Godacola. So there's, again, a third one from that category. Lots and lots of them to help with brain power. So usually for um, helping with seasonal depression or helping the brain or helping to sleep, you want to do a multi-purpose type of um, orientation with your body so that you're, you're smelling something, you're taking something, maybe you're altering your diet to, to help that, and you're doing something physical, like we were talking about um, going taking a walk through the woods and identifying mushrooms or something like that. Or this time of year, you can identify um, medicinal berries or things like hawthorn, 
which are plentiful, and toyon, which is edible, but please don't eat the seeds. And uh, anyway, there's a lot of herbal things that are really interesting me to go out. In fact, um, I just remembered that before the show, I was out harvesting my lemon verbena, and there's so much to do in the garden, I almost forgot. It's almost, it is showing a little bit signs of um, brown on the very tip. It smells great, so I wasn't too late, but I was almost too late. So make sure you go out there and harvest your mints for your winter teas and lemon verbena, which I think, hands down, most people will agree is one of the best smelling of uh, and tasting of all the herbs we can grow in this area. And, Kathy, we just want to remind people that if they'd like to join the conversation or maybe they missed something because they just, maybe they just tuned in, um, this would be a great time for you to make that call to us, 530-265-9555, um, and we can put you on the air, and you can, like as we said, join the conversation, and, uh, and maybe, uh, uh, maybe you've got something that you would suggest folks might want to do. So... That that's also uh, something that we that uh, that we can uh, uh, put you on the air with it. Okay, five three zero two six five nine five five five. Yeah, and I'm still interested in hearing specifically about holiday traditions that involve plants. I'm someday I hope to actually write a book on it. But I've just been collecting a lot of information and posting it on social media. So would have just appreciate, uh, you know, your take on that and, and things that your family did. Because we have, really, we have such a blend of tradition, cultural traditions in this country. And all of them have, as I was saying before, this uh, psychological type of uh, interpretation that they're used most most all of this is done to make people feel better this time of year and uh, and one of those things is actually to party down so uh, this is not the 12 days of christmas coming up now the 12 days of christmas actually begin right after the solstice and in between the solstice and Christmas, and then they go to January 6th. So I get to talk more about this um, very long tradition. Uh, it begins uh, pretty much on Wednesday when St. Nick, uh, but this is Saint, not our St. Nick uh, in this country, but St. Nicholas, will visit the children in the Netherlands and Belgium and parts of Germany, and many other countries uh, to give them their gifts. So that's coming up, and then it will extend all the way till January 6th when La Bafana finally will come to Italy. But, you know, there's a lot of kids in the world, so we got to stretch it out. And wherever these holidays fall, Usually it's not exactly the day that they fall on that is particularly significant. It's this whole holiday season. We've, you know, changed that a lot in, in the U.S. because it uh, more recently has become something that's very commercial and something that I'm not very fond of. I, I like the old tradition where people would make food or 
uh, small gifts or little bags of lavender and things like that, usually something from their garden. In fact, almost always something from their garden or from their animals that they were raising. And then they would share it with their neighbors. And because we're getting into a time of year where you really want your pantry to be full so you can get through winter, especially in a day and age when uh, you would get snowed in for weeks. And what am I talking about? That happened to me last year. So um, it can still, can still be that type of winter that you want to have your resources at hand. So... Um, Anyway, I'm, I'll promote that forever, just getting back to, to, to something simple where the demands on the holiday is, has shifted from being just the demands where for your livelihood and your life you had to make sure that you had enough wood and enough food and uh, that your shelter was together to now being more of a demand of giving presents to everyone. And the idea of giving presents is beautiful, but I think it's a little stressful the way that we've, you know, we've really manifested it. I'm sure a lot of you will agree with that. So it's up to us to to slowly start changing that and and find a way that um, will take some of the stress out of this time of year. So here's a few. Um, a few meanings for herbs of the season in case you want to incorporate this into your new way of gift giving. So rosemary is blooming, starting to bloom now. It's a winter blooming herb even here, and it's for memory. Studies are backing it up, but even before that, it was used for remembrance, remembrance of the family. Sage, also for memory and also used to reduce excessive behavior and thoughts. So if that's something that ever plagues you, sniff sage or eat a lot of dressing this time of year. And uh, juniper, so the juniper berries have a very significant smell, and they are used to help counter mental fatigue and anxiety. And remember I was saying that uh, these are folklore that are now being studied and over and over again science is proving that this is actually the way that they work on the brain. Fir, so the fir tree coming into the house is is used for family harmony but no science hasn't proved that one yet or the fact that it's used for goodwill but you know at some point maybe they will. And cedar which we have an abundant amount of then cedar is used for fortitude and dedicated work. So that is also not scientifically proven, but uh, a wonderful use of the plant. You can combine these for, uh, for different meanings. And then bay is also for memory. And in Greece, it was actually used for seeing into the future, which definitely science is not interested in, but I am. And so uh, it was used at Delphi, uh, and it was smoke that the oracle women would be, uh, they would sit over, and the the bay would induce uh, these visions. So I was like a bit of magic thrown in there. But um, I should mention, too, that I do have a book that just came out, uh, Essential Oils and Aromatherapy. I actually have quite a few books. I 
have um, several of these are on aromatherapy. Um, they make nice gifts, but also they help you make gifts. So if you want to look up but different types of uses of these scents for something that you're making out of your garden, that would be a good place to go. Aromatherapy in the garden, um, the Aromatherapy Garden would be uh, the title of the book that I wrote that might help you the most for choosing the plants to have some impact. It's not about essential oils. It's about the uh, the fragrance which is caused by essential oils that are innately in the plants in your garden so it's more of a, a gardener's version of uh, doing aromatherapy the aromatherapy garden so you could check those out and uh, there's actually a lot of good aromatherapy books out i'm partial to mine but uh get you know get one Get a couple of them and uh, and play around with it because it's a very safe way to help uh, heal the heart and soul. And I think scented gifts are a beautiful way to uh, to extend and help uh, friends and family. So, uh, Steve, are well, you just, around? Well, yes, I am. And I was just uh, thinking <laughs> once again that, uh, you know, it'd be great if uh, somebody's got a has been thinking about calling and they just you know just haven't done it yet. This might be a great time to to make that call and uh, and ask your question or make maybe you've got something that you can add to what Kathy has been saying or or have her explain something that uh, you didn't quite you haven't didn't quite understand. This would be a great time to do that. We've still got about uh, eight minutes to go here, and uh, so it'd be fun to have uh, a couple more callers. Five three zero. Two six five nine five five five. That's five three zero, two six five nine five five five. Exactly, because it's your last chance to call in for the show. I will be back uh, the first Monday in January, and look forward to that. And um, and by the way, uh, so we're getting to the tail end of the show, but it's still something to remind you that uh, you're listening to the Garden Forum at a brand new time. And uh, if you just tuned in and, again, want to know what the heck, <laughs> what are they talking about, uh, it's us. And uh, we've, we've moved from daytime to the evening. Anyway, and, and enjoying um, sharing this information with you. So I've been talking about a little bit of that, a little bit of this, medicinal herbs, uh, the traditions of this time of year, the plant traditions, and um, a few little gardening hints thrown in here and there. And I want to also finish with gardening hints that... You um, want to make sure that your plants are warm enough to get through the winter. You never know what kind of winter we're going to have. And, and Kathy, we've got several calls. <laughs> oh, well, let's go for that. Yay. All right. And uh, one person wanted to know, didn't want to go, go on the air, come on the air, but says, what's the best way to store apples? Oh, yes. Well, um, and... If anybody can get a fast call in to help me out with this, go ahead and do it. But what you want to do is store them in a dry place and make sure that uh, your, the apples are very good condition. 
and sometimes it's hard because they can be brown on the inside and isn't I think there's some expression about one bad apple in a, a bushel isn't that apples that will destroy the whole one and and it's so true uh, so uh if anything suspicious, when you look down to the core of the apple and you think, I'm not sure if this is a totally good one, uh, don't, don't try to store that long term. And then you also want to, uh, I usually put something in between the apples so that they don't start, if one spoils, they don't start hurting the other one. So that would be, um, I use just um, packing paper and stick it in. Cardboard works really well, too. But you do want to check them. So don't just store them and leave them for a couple months. Make it so that they're they're not too thick in there, you know, not too many layers and not too heavy, and that it's a box that you can go through and check. Uh, every week is a good thing. That's what I usually do. So good luck with that. And, Kathy, we have another caller. Hi, you're live on KVMR. Hi, this is Mary. Um, I got in late, and I have a couple of questions. One is, how often is this show on? (laughs) It's on the first. Okay, go ahead. And the second is, where can we purchase the the books, your your books that you're talking about? Where or how? Thank thank you. So the show is on, uh, my show is on once a month, and that is the first Monday at 6 o'clock, so the first Monday of the month. And I've been on KVMR for 25 years, but we just changed the time. And, um, and Steve, um, maybe you can fill in the other Mondays. Oh, yeah, and the other Monday, well, the, the, so, well I'm not quite sure about the, the, about the last two, but, uh, um, but I know that the next week it's, uh, gosh, um, uh, you, um, you probably can I think help me. Kalita, right? With the what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kalita is on. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And and I can't remember the na- name of the other um, the other co-host of that one. And uh, so I'm I'm not going to make a mistake. <laughs> but <laughs> but I just don't have the uh, that information. But they'll be on next uh, next uh, Monday between six and seven. So that'll be a fun okay. that'll be a fun listen as well. And yeah, so the second, the second Monday is that group. And then um, I think we're still sorting out what the, the other two ones will be. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, great. I, I used to listen at different times, but I've kind of lost track of some of the stuff with life moving so quickly. The, mm-hmm. the thing about where, where to purchase your books was the next question. Particularly, I'm interested yes. in the one about memory, and, you know, I'm 82 years old, and I'm um, doing really well, but uh, I do notice some changes, and I have some friends who've gone through very serious changes, so I was interested in knowing more about that. The, and the book is not just on memory. It's on all sorts of psychological things, and um, and Wonderful. one of them is also on growing, which is the aromatherapy garden. And then I have um, another one that just came out that has recipes for emotional and physical uh, conditions, and that's called Essential Oils and Aromatherapy. So, and my last name is Keville, K-E-V-I-L-L-E. And um, so there's bookstores, there's, it's, K, it's K-E-V-I-L-L-E. L-L-E, um, so, yeah. 
online bookstores also have it. And um, and then you can also order it directly from me, which um, you go to the site that I mentioned before, which is Aha Herb, A-H-A-H-E-R-B. But I think I'm not supposed to say that on the air now that I just said it. Uh, so <laughs> I, I can't take anybody. it back. <laughs> yes, nobody heard that. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, thank you very much. I've enjoyed what I've heard. Keep All right, and th- and thanks for the call. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. Okay. We could sneak in a probably a yes or no answer yeah. question. <laughs> That's a, okay. Think, but if someone wants to call yeah. in, 530-265-9555, and we, re- we just have about 90 seconds left until uh, uh, we'll be joined. Well, we won't be joined, but <clears throat> you'll hear Amy Goodman and Democracy Now!, as well as uh, the women's show at 8 o'clock tonight with Charlotte Peterson. And uh, um, at 10 o'clock, that's Steve Arts, I believe his name is. Um, did I get it right? Yes, yeah, Steve Arts is doing a rock map from 10 until midnight tonight. Yes. So, and um, Kathy, you anything you want to wrap up? We've got just, yes. about, uh, just about a minute, uh, maybe 55 seconds. I do, I'm formatting all the information quickly. Okay, so um, I just I want to remind people that you can get uh, cloth that is um, at the nurseries that is very lightweight that you can put over your herbs that are a little more sensitive. Uh, I found out that last year that lemon verbena went through five feet of snow. I was amazed, but you want to have... Uh, plants that are bigger than a four-inch pot. So you want to have established, it would be good if they were about a two-gallon size root structure underneath the soil there so that they can survive the winter if they're a little iffy in this climate. And um, I also like to take garbage cans and five-gallon containers and what you know buckets and whatever I have and uh, put them over the top. All right, Kathy, we have to go now. So thank <laughs> you so much. Radio. Be well. This is KVMR. <laughs>